0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Aligned and Well podcast. I'm nurse coach Sean, your host. Um, I have an awesome interview ready for you guys today. So today I'm interviewing Vicki De La Joyo. She is the founder and master teacher of The Way of Joy, a spiritual fitness program founded on Qigong. She helps uh, wellness-motivated, spiritually-inspired visionaries to infuse body, mind, spirit practices into their cells so they can tap into their birthright of joy, use it as fuel, not a goal, um, for a lifetime. She hosts a monthly video program sponsored by the National Qigong Association called Qi Talks. And, um, she's a teacher inducted into the Women Martial Arts Instructors of Hall of Fame. Vicky is also an author and wrote The Way of Joy, which has touched and transformed the lives of thousands of participants since 1976. So I am so pumped about this conversation. We're gonna talk about Qigong and the healing power of storytelling. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into that um, in the interview, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, friends. My name is Sean Arsenault. But you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer and I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics And stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Vicki, I am so excited to have you on my podcast today. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh, I'm so excited too, Sean. I mean, ever since I've listened, started listening to your your podcast and thinking about Aligned and Well and how much that sort of is a really part of what I do, it's been a joy to think that I would be connecting with you in person. So thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I'm so excited about our chat today. We have a lot of really cool things that we're going to be diving into. But before we do that, can you um, can you give our listeners just a, a little introduction of yourself, what you do, the kind of work that you bring to the
1: world? Yes. I work with basically um, what I call energy matters, where bas- mm-hmm. I, I, I'm bringing together the some of the learning that I've had through studying qigong and other martial arts over the last 40 to 50 years, close to 50 years now, um, along with a lot of experience that I've had doing theater as a director and as a performer. I'm a, mm-hmm. I am perform live even now, uh, and I've been doing that for a very long time. So I, I'm, I I like to support particularly speakers and entrepreneurs or healers how to mm-hmm. convey their message in a way that really lands with their audience, both from an energetic standpoint, like what's the secret sauce behind charisma? And also from in terms of how we tell our stories, what it is that we might want people to know about us so that it lands with people that people can actually feel you, not almost mm-hmm. vibrationally, as opposed to just hearing a bunch of words. I had a program yes. I called for a while "Rockstar Speaking" because I was would go to rock star concerts and they'd be, <laughs> it would be so loud you'd feel it reverberating in your bones, and it wasn't yes. so much I was trying to cultivate rock stars out of my students, but more that I wanted their audiences to feel them in their bones. Oh,
0: I absolutely love that, and like I am. I myself and I'm a very like creative person and I love like storytelling. I'm I'm huge into like any media that I consume, whether it's a movie, a play, um, a song, I'm always listening to like the story that it's trying to tell and then also interpreting it and relating it to my own story. So I love the way that you talk about just storytelling in general and how how you can connect with an audience or connect with people um in a way that's super authentic and that elicits feeling too, instead of just, you know, reciting words or saying, saying something that you've rehearsed, right? Um, Exactly,
1: exactly. So many times I've seen speakers who have such this incredible heartfelt message, really important for people to hear and know, but because they're nervous or, or relatively new. They sort of recite their story almost like it's a resume. One of my favorite yeah. uh, comments I got once from a student was, I used to hate to go up and speak and tell my story. Now I can't wait and it's because it would be like, how do we approach it and refresh it every time so you're not sort of in the same script and not and yeah. just like also getting caught in too many details or too little details. It's a lot behind storytelling and what makes it work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know, like, what, what was your journey to helping people in this way? And like, what what is your story?
1: Oh, this. So it's, of course, like I suppose most people, it's fairly circuitous. Uh, I'd, I'll start with the energetic piece. Like I said, yeah. I've been doing um, martial arts uh, for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. I started because I was. I lived in New York. I grew up in a very sort of practical, what you see is what you get kind of world, right? It was just very down to earth, nitty gritty. Uh, I was afraid, actually, when I moved to California, I would become one of those woo woo people who <laughs> yeah. barely, barely touched the ground. Yeah, I'm, I've turned into my own worst fear, right? Because now I t- I'm completely talking about energy and things that you yeah. can't quite see. But I, I still love the very, so my, my I got nicknamed the renegade woo coach, because I have this sort of nitty gritty approach, very practical. And at the same time, I love to tap into that greater wisdom. Yeah. But anyway, I started doing martial arts because I wanted to protect myself. I had had um, places, times when I had been basically bashed on the street, and I wanted to learn how to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I had been doing Tai Chi Chuan at the time, which is a martial form of Qigong, but it's very, very slow, and I didn't really know how to apply it at the time in a way that would protect myself. So I started studying more hard martial arts, one day I was walking around, I was walking down the street and you know how when you're at a party or something and somebody walks into the room or you're walking in the street and you see somebody come up and you just can feel their energy is funky. It's like, oh, I need to stay away from that. Yeah. Or you feel really drawn to them. Yeah. Well, I learned that that's something called Wei Qi, which is externalized energy. Mm. Uh, it's the it's the energy that you put out. There's Nei Qi is your internal energy, Wei Qi is your external energy so this person came around the corner, this guy, I saw him, I had that sense of like, oh, that's, I, I need to, you know, I was at that point was pretty tuned into what felt okay, and what didn't, he reached out to grab me. Now, I had been studying at that point, some a very intense martial art called kajikembo, which is a basically a street fighting form. Yeah, I, I was training in it but I was also breaking up with my partner at the time and we were yelling at each other at home. And then we were somehow being pitted against each other in this, in the dojo uh, hitting each other (laughs) for real. Uh, And I was walking, when I was walking home, I was thinking, I just really want to do something different. I don't know what it is, but I'm tired of hurting people. I'm tired of getting hurt um, on the floor. So when this guy came up, I wasn't, I was sort of thinking that in the back of my mind and I saw him and for some reason, I just straightened up my spine. I went into what I call vertical alignment or a sense of standing tall. Mm. He reached out to grab me. His hands basically bounced about a, six inches to a foot from actual contact. It, like He reached out and it bounced back. He walked away looking at his hand, then looking back at me, and then looking at his hand, looking back at me. So I knew he hadn't missed. It was something that he actually felt. Mm-hmm. I learned later when I started studying Qigong that the name for this was Wei Qi, that there was actually an energetic field. And I started to play with that. So that was part of what got me into really deepening into particularly Qigong. With yeah. the speaking and storytelling part, I started doing theater as a kid. I was seven, When I was seven, I was super, super shy. My mom would get me into these, uh, these um, summer stock shows and I started to fall in love with theater. So I started doing theater. And, and as part of the, I think it was a way of being somebody else, somebody who is not so shy. Yeah. Because I, I was extremely shy. Uh, so I, I started doing theater when I, at, at the same time that I was doing these martial arts. In any case, at one point I decided to, I wanted to take my martial arts or the Qigong And treat it more as something that I could do, almost like a business type of way. So I started speaking about it. When I was speaking, somebody came up to me. And I would see, like I said, I saw all these speakers who had great messages, but weren't really landing with their people. Mm -hmm. So she came up and she said, Oh, I love how you speak. Would you teach me how to do what you do? I said, well, I'd be happy to teach you how to be better at what you do. I don't want to teach you what I do because I want you to be you, better. You, you know, I want people yeah. to see you. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: so, and I found I had a knack for that. I had a knack for hearing people's stories and helping them form it and helping them tell it well. So mm-hmm. it's a, that two part of the, the actual, the content and the process or how we, how we approach that content Yeah, uh, using a lot of these energetic tools that I've studied through the arts martial arts, as well as the work that I've done as a director. So long-winded answer to a short question.
0: Love it though. That's, that's a, I mean, it's such a, it's a beautiful story because it, it shows just like where the work that you do now, where you've pulled inspiration from like past experiences and your, your own journey, your own expertise in certain things. So I, I love that. There's a, a couple of questions that came up for me as you were talking um and I want to like kind of talk about each one so for those of for those people who are listening who don't know what qigong is can you kind of explain in a little bit more detail exactly what it is and what are the different p- ways that people can use it
1: Oh, yes. Thank you so much for asking. So Qigong is basically a Chinese martial art based on Taoism, Mm -hmm. and it's mostly used in healing circumstances. So there are uh, martial or fighting forms of Qigong and sort of some intense trainings in Qigong. But by and large, uh, it's it's basically, it's a word like dance, right? So you, you say, okay, I practice, you know, I dance. Well, do you tap or do you do ballroom? Or are you Alvin Ailey or you mm, ballet? Yeah. What kind of dance do you do? The same thing with Qigong. It breaks down into a lot of different strands and lineages. Some of them are martial. Some of them are spiritual. Some mm. of them are healing.
0: See, I didn't so know people, that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's a very, it's a very wide range. It's actually a fairly new word that came out. Some people say in the fifties. Some say in the forties. In China, as a way to kind of encompass practices that work with moving energy, with your intention, your breath, and movement. So yeah. it's it's uh, it's basically like acup based a lot on acupuncture, uh, Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese and classical Chinese medicine, depending on the style of qigong. So it's mm-hmm. about moving energy through the meridians or energy pathways in our bodies. Um, and like I said, it can be applied in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a big, I think of it as a spiritual practice, although I certainly use it for healing reasons and that, other kinds of things mm-hmm. as well. But um, for some people, the, the, the most popular Qigong in this country is medical Qigong. It's really based a lot on traditional Chinese medicine where people are really working with the five element theory and stuff. So, And that's an important part of Qigong. So it's a broad word.
0: Yeah. Well, I had no idea that there were so many different types of it. And yeah, like I honestly I didn't really know much about it until I connected with you. And oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So earlier you had mentioned something about like, you know, in, in that situation with that man where you experienced vertical alignment. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? What does that mean?
1: Yes, uh, I'd love to. Vertical alignment is actually a phrase that a a colleague and teacher and friend of mine, Daisy Lee, came up with to describe Mm -hmm. what I've always called standing tall. But basically, it means standing so that you are basically have space between your vertebrae. So if you think of the crown of your head lifting up towards the heavens or the sky, and the sits bones in your feet connecting to the earth, that allows us to uh, well, there's so much that that allows us to do. Obviously, good posture. People always say, you know, stand up straight, good posture, shows confidence, this and that. But the thing that it also does is that from a from an energetic point of view is that when we're lifting through the, the back of the neck, lengthening, the top of the head, connecting to the sky or to the, what's called the heaven realm or Shen, we're connecting to a part of ourselves that I think of as our guides, God, goddess, the divine, the sense of perspective. If you think about you know if you were to imagine yourself floating around in space and you see your life down like a little ant sort of moving around very very tiny minuscule mm-hmm. that type of perspective bringing in the kind of broad perspective that allows us to be in that we are all one consciousness like yeah. right? that part of we are all interconnected through the the web of life or yes uh so it's very it's very grand big it <laughs> yeah. can be overwhelming and then the earth realm, which where feet and sits bones connected to the earth when we're in vertical alignment, having that sense of lengthening and having our feet really grounded has to do with standing our ground, being in our confidence, having a sense of accessing our resources, right? The earth is where we get our food and our nourishment from. So mm-hmm. when we can connect with the earth, we're actually allowing ourselves to be in a more receptive because the earth is considered yin in the system and the the heavens are considered yang, very similar to father sky and mother earth for the indigenous folks um, in, in our hemisphere. Yeah. But it's, it's that sense of um, being able to be really grounded and walk your talk. So you take the inspiration that comes from the heaven realm, the sense mm. of being connected to your own guidance, to your divine, to your higher power or your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And you channel it through your heart, which is the human realm. And that's all about how we're interconnected. What are, you know, what's reciprocity? How do we live that? um, What what drains us? What feeds us? The discernment that we do. What makes you you? What are your boundaries? What is that Wei Chi part? that human part is like how we take that divine, we are all one consciousness, and then we're bringing it into how are we interconnected? How do I express that through my limitations and strengths? And then the earth realm is like, what do you actually do? What, what are the actions that you take? How do you walk your talk? Yeah. So those are the three realms. Of and, and so being in vertical alignment means being able to tap into those three together so that you're working in sync, as opposed to just say, being really wise and really smart, but not grounded or not having any heart or love right. or being so in the love field that you you don't cultivate that part that's wise or discerning yeah. or so grounded and in the nitty gritty, which is how I grew up right in New York, right. that you don't even realize that life is bigger than we could possibly even imagine. Wow.
0: I really love that because first of all, it is so it matches so well like what i talk about on this podcast right That's why i'm so
1: excited to be here yes. yeah
0: i mean it's just the ultimate definition of alignment like like when you talk about the heaven realm and the the meta thinking and like that you know being in our heads grounding us to the earth and that human realm centered around the realm centered around the heart like that is that's what the message that I'm trying to send with this podcast overall is to just allow people um, the freedom to, to be able to do that and to explore
1: that within themselves and, um, that's such a healing. I, that's such a healing motivator. Yeah, um, Sean, it's. It, I feel like it's such a gift you give to your audience every single episode, where you're sort of bringing in that type of consciousness because it it reminds us. It, it reminds us that we are capable of much more than we realize. Yeah, we, if we don't access those resources, we're, we're losing such a enormous amount of richness.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the amount of resources that each person has within themselves to tap into is just infinite, right? So um, there was a couple of things. Um, let's see. So in terms of the storytelling aspect, right? How do you infuse the practice of Qigong into helping people tell their stories?
1: Ah. Uh. Yeah, well, there's a there's a lot of different ways, and there's a lot of different stages, right? There's the how do we prepare the story, how do we access what that story is, and right. a lot of times, what what I'm really looking at is I'm tracking where people's energy is. So if they're starting to t- tell me a story about something that happened in their life, particularly something important that you want to tell, that would be part of your, um, you know, your 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 about me when you're talking either yeah. to potential clients or to on stage or wherever you. Uh, when you're trying to communicate something that, that matters um, is that I look for where the energy gets stuck. And and if it does some people, it doesn't, but, but if it does, and I, so, so there's some part of me that's also tracking energetically. I also, for some reason, have a skill at really hearing what is the thing that they're kind of skipping over that I want to pull up and out that actually makes their story unique a lot of people tell stories in a way that's generic because they think that that's going to hit people in a different way or that, mm-hmm. or that that's going to make them more relatable but actually mm-hmm. it makes them less relatable a little bit less interesting yeah. if it's sort of a generic you know oh i've had really hard time and i had a abu- abusive fa- father so I had to really pull myself together and stand up for myself. Something like that, which is very very, very generic. generic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like pull out. Well, what stay where that? And I look for where the feeling is, where the emotion is, and yeah. then I pull it forward. People are also afraid sometimes to show emotion when they're speaking publicly. Yeah. And, and of course we never want to be in a place where when we're speaking, we want the audience to think, Oh no, I need to take care of you. Are you okay? We don't want that. We don't want to to make our audience, our caregivers, but we, but we do want to have that audience be able to relate. Like you said, you listen to some, sometimes you love listening to stories and songs or whatever, and then feeling like, how does this relate to me? How is this my story too? Yeah. I, for years, I did a one woman show called, uh, what's wrong with a mouse about my relationship with my dad who, um, Had disowned me uh, twice for being queer, Uh, and then we reconciled towards the end of his life, and I was with him as he died. And so it was a sort of the story of sort of early days through the hardship of of twenty to thirty years of not communicating at all, Mm -hmm. to then being connected with him um, in in the last ten years of his life, and then as he died. Um, And why am I telling you that? I I I think it's because oh, because I was afraid because my dad was a well known classical composer he had won emmys and pulitzer and he'd won awards he was a big deal in new york and you know the artistic intelligentsia martha he wrote three of martha graham's ballets. she was a mentor for me you know frank lesser who wrote how to succeed in business without trying and and uh, guys and dolls he was you know hung around all the time the pianist Haroist used to play you know the piano in our living room i mean i had big 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 deal which made me as a shy person, even more shy, right? It was a huge right. bar to try to live up to. But anyway, so I, I was afraid that telling stories about him, this sort of bigger than life man who basically thought women shouldn't speak ever, we should be very mm. quiet, um, to tell that story would make me less relatable because not that many people have like these megastars in their lives or you know, aren't exposed in a daily type of way to not just the people, but that kind of attitudes and expectations. Um, And in fact, when I told my story and I told it, the more specific I ended up telling about it, you know, because it was a big deal to come out even about having a a well-known father um, was that people, I would line up after the show to tell me something about their parent and why that something that, you know, I said really resonated for something that they had experienced. So and I I was so relieved when I realized it was like oh I can just be really true about my story. So getting people out of that genetic yeah. generic type of place I said genetic I guess yeah. maybe it's genetic too but generic type of place is 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 part of part of it. And the final piece is when people are presenting is like how do we prepare ourselves to present particularly how do we transform stage fright which is basically um, stock energy into something that flows. So it fuels us that it transforms fear into something that can be, mm. um, emanate out in terms of your passion, in terms of what you care about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think too, whenever you said that, the, that fear, that stage fright for me, at least, cause I did theater for a long time too, you know, and that stage fright kind of stems from that, like fear of being vulnerable, like fear of people seeing you um, and seeing aspects of yourself that you don't really share with other people, especially the creative side, especially the side that's a little bit different, that is a little bit, um, you know, more unique. And when you were talking and explaining about the, the more specific your story is to you, the more that it resonates with people, I think it's because people don't want to hear generic things about a similar experience that they've had. Like you said, like somebody can get up on a stage or, you know, they can listen on a podcast about someone who's had an abusive relationship or something like that. But if they don't give any kind of specifics, then it just sounds like every everything else. Um, yes, exactly. And-
1: And And, that's the fine line where a director becomes important because then you, then you have somebody on the outside saying, no, you don't want people to have to live through that, but they do need to feel this, you know, that piece can be a little hard to figure out on your own unless you're very, very experienced, very seasoned. Um, So, yeah. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. I loved how you also talked about fear and using it as a fuel. And I remember in our first conversation, whenever we first connected, you talked about using using joy as a fuel too. Right. And I like that concept of using emotions, using um like those kind of feelings as fuel instead of um like an endpoint, right? Like or something that stands in the way. So how can you how can we kind of implement that into our lives? How can we use fear as fuel, joy as fuel.
1: So I wouldn't recommend using fear as fuel ordinarily as something that you would seek to fuel something right? Um, because, you know, it's uncomfortable and unpleasant, <clears throat> but when it's there, it's something that we, it's basically just um, information in our bodies saying, uh, you, know, pick yeah. up the, you know, be discerning, notice what's happening around you and, and uh, listen to that but don't it's, it's, keep it. Don't 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 freeze it. Let it move through you. I think of emotions as something Ooh, yeah. that moves through us like water. I know from myself there was a lot of terror I had um, during the uh, election several years ago when Trump yeah. was elected. I'll just be out there with my politics. I was terrified. Absolutely. Um, terrified for myself, terrified for my chosen family, um, which is very, very mixed and had, a anyway, it doesn't matter. I was scared. Yeah. So I, I, um, you know, and everybody around me was scared. And that's why I started teaching the Qigong classes online, because it was like, how do we allow these feelings of fear, despair, hopelessness, just, um, you know, beyond disappointment, but discouragement, the sense of Who, you know, what's happening and how could this happen? All of these things that, you know, where denial was being sort of broken away around some of the foundation that this country is built on. And that and how do we let that move through us instead of feeling like um, it it takes us over, it becomes our identity. Yeah. Uh, And it was something I had to work through on Myself, I think a lot of us teach what we most need need to learn. Oh, for sure, (laughs) 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 yeah. So, so with the so with the you know the qigong, it really helps to break open some of those blockages. It starts to get that flow going again, or allows us to find where the flow is, so that it can start to erode those places that are super stuck. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of joy as a fuel, that's really the premise behind my entire. Qigong system. So my Qigong system is a hybrid system. I've since I've been studying, like I said, for close to 50 years now, which is yeah incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like I didn't think I was gonna live this long. But anyway, here I am, an old person who still does qigong. And, and I um and what one of the things that that struck me is that um, well, it actually I have to admit, it was born out of my name. My name is Vicky Dello Gioio, yeah. which is basically means victorious of joy. It's Italian. Yeah. And I was less like, what would that mean to be victory of joy? What what does that look like? And then I started oh. thinking, what if joy became a fuel instead of a goal? So instead of thinking if I had the right job, I have the right partner, I have enough oh. money, I have the perfect house, then I get to feel joy. Yep. What if it was something that was an innate part of us so just like we can tap into our heartbeat to hear you know or to to sense sense an inner rhythm Mm -hmm. or we can you know have our breath moving in and out to kind of calm our vagus nerve and slow us down what if joy was something we could tap into as a limitless wellspring Mm. and that was how it was born and I was doing I was doing a lot of qigong at the time and I knew that joy was centered in the heart which is the center of those three realms of vertical alignment we were talking about. And the heart or the central realm gets fed from above by our inspiration and from below by our sense of empowerment. And so how so so what if joy became the fuel that then made made our choices more discerning? What, What if it was about what if it was about this is a birthright? Every baby I've ever seen has been birthed is is joy has you know joy in the sense of grasping life in its fullness so for me yeah. joy doesn't mean happy happy denial spiritual what's it called spiritual um what is that word where you spiritual uh where you you, you pretend that things aren't bad or you like a avoidance bypass. maybe Spiritual bypass. bypass. yeah <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so it's not that um but what but but i think of it as the full embrace of everything of all that is including the things that our obstacles or challenges or things that bring us pain? What if we took that in? Like, I think about the funerals and memorials I've been to at my age. I've been to many of them at this point. Yeah. And it's like, what? So many times at some point during that time of conversation after this tremendous laughter and a yeah. and, and, and tremendous joy at having known this person, of having been in their presence. So joy to me is something that can encompass all of those emotions. I think of it as as really everything, mm-hmm. um, that that is at the base that that our our other emotions are in relationship to joy, whether or not we're feeling it or not feeling it, whether we're feeling entitled to have it or not have it. Yeah, and I think you know I had I had a friend whose whose partner was a midwife, and he said one time he went to pick her up, and when he did, she she showed him this newborn baby, and he said that baby you know, looks just like a baby Buddha. And he, she said, all babies are baby, baby Buddhas. So it was sort of that idea that the joy of a Buddha, the joy, you know, I have a a laughing Buddha here, Um, you know, that, that sense of possibility. And again, that sense of we're bigger than we realize We're, we're much bigger on an energetic level. When you think about what we're made of, the stardust that actually constitutes what we are, yeah. it's phenomenal. And it, it you know, it, it breaks out of that limited thinking that keeps so many of us stuck. Yeah. So, so that's how I think of joy as a fuel is something that we can tap into. It's just how do we remember and what are the, what are the techniques that we can do to get there?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I get so entranced whenever you speak because everything (laughs) that you say resonates so deeply with me. And like, I the idea of tapping into joy as like an energy as something that we just have it's not something that we attain it's not something that we um that we get um it is just something that already exists within us and it's a matter of tapping into it and you know so often i feel like you know especially in the work that i do with my clients i see that there are so many external factors that that they try to make as something that brings them joy and really, it just reminds them of their joy, you know, it reminds them of the joy that they already have instead of like, I, I love, I love that idea of not, um, you know, not giving away that power to to live a joyful life and to be happy and joyful um, to something else because nobody really has control over, over our happiness, right? We do. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's so powerful. I love that you do that for your clients, Sean. I think that they're so lucky that you have that wisdom already that you can steer them t- in that direction because- these, these, these are tough times. It's very, yeah. and it's, it's very scary for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And regardless of where they are on the spec, you know, political spectrum, people are scared and angry. And so yeah. when we can help support people, go back to that place of joy. um, I think that that's a, I think that's peace work. I think that's bringing peace. Yes, in, right?
0: yes for sure. Internally
1: and externally. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, I I loved. Um, you know, speaking of joy, can you tell us a little bit about the way of joy and like what inspired you to create that?
1: Well, part of it was the, my name, right? That's like thinking about what, and and then and then it took a lot of qigong practice to be able to own it or right? to say way of joy. That's my name. i wanted to. Yeah. Take, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't wanting to make it about me. I was really wanting to make it about what joy means, yeah. uh, or what I believe joy means. Um, but I think it was that. I. I. I mean, the the qigong work that I've done is just basically. I love doing it so much, uh, and I learned from so many excellent, inspiring teachers. Um, that I and then I just wanted to share it, and so with that blessing, and for me, part of the challenge has been. Um, as a Westerner, uh, as you people can't see me, but I am not, I obviously, or I to my knowledge, don't have any Chinese heritage, or it's not a biological bloodline for me. So I want to be very mindful about the fact that as a white, Western, European, American, yeah. <clears throat> Jewish, Arab, I mean, I'm a bunch of different things, but right. woman, what is What does it mean for me to teach something from another culture without appropriating it? Right. How do I, you know, and so how do I own that? I'm bringing my own perspective and my own lens. Yeah. Um, not trying to superimpose it, but rather contribute it back. One of the things I love about Taoism is it's so forgiving. It's so embracing, inclusive of all. And so it's really like, well, here's what I know about these, say, these three levels that I've mm-hmm. learned, and then here's my take on what those three levels are, and then this is how I apply them, and these are the concepts, the, the what I call laws, principles, and practices that I that that constitute this system that I've developed called the Way of Joy. Yeah. Um, how do I do that? And say this is my offering back to the whole of yeah. the Tao, but not I'm not pretending to be teaching something traditional or something that is being, I'm not teaching in the same way I learned. I learned with several different traditional teachers um, and was actually quite timid about it. But I remember when I was a kid, when I was, I guess, 16 or 17, I was studying Tai Chi Chuan for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I asked, you know, what does this movement mean? What does this mean? And he said, well, when you're very old, you'll understand. (laughs) I don't know if I was very old when I started interpreting for myself. I was probably your age, and probably in my thirties. But yeah, I but but it be, they just began to speak to me, and then I just just was coming out of my mouth, and so I just decided to let it come through. It was part of the practice is just letting that heaven realm come out through my heart with a place yeah. from a place of love, with a hope that there's no harm being done by my doing that. Especially if I acknowledge that I am not trying to pretend to be. Chinese. I'm not trying to pretend to carry a specific lineage forward. I don't have the entitlement to that. It's not appropriate, Um, but but it is something that I know that I've helped. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I've helped thousands of people with it, so um, I can trust that that is a good thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. One of the things that came up for me as you were talking um, is how it it like kind of ties back into the storytelling piece, right? And like we all take things that res- that resonate with us deeply and and apply it to our own story so that we can share our own story and help other people create theirs. So, yeah, that's just like a beautiful representation of taking something that, you know, is its own thing, it's its own entity, it's its own story and relating it back to you and also having that spill out into the way that you give and the way that you serve, right?
1: Oh, thank you so much for that reflection, Sean. I really appreciate it. I I had this experience once where a friend of mine took me to see a, a psychic who was speaking to a large number of people. Uh, and I'm not somebody who tends to go to psychics much. I'm more, I'm sort of more like to tap into inner wisdom and listen for sure. that. I don't yeah. love, because my experience has been that, I mean, it's not that I don't think psychics are real, but I've had them, I've also had people project stuff onto me that just has felt like, yeah, and it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. It's not landing. Mm. But anyway, he was he he was pretty cool, and he was sort of looking around, and he was standing on this tall staircase, looking down at this crowd of people. I don't know why we were. Anyway, we were in some kind of San Francisco apartment, uh, and he kept looking at me and smiling. And I was like, "Why is he looking at me? What's going on here?" Yeah. Eventually, I asked him a question. I, I said, "I'm about to teach a summer." workshop on a form called the lotus which is all it's a qigong form that's all about opening the heart and in the last few weeks i've had a series of incidents happen that were all almost as though the universe is conspiring for me to close my heart you know i'm having these it, it, things though, that feel like betrayal and and yeah. um, uh, things that are very painful that make me want to just shut down mm-hmm. uh, and so i'm really having to work that work that through uh, using some of these practices and he said I've been looking at you tonight because I keep seeing there's this circle of masters, Taoist and other masters, around your head, and they're all laughing and so enjoying how you are interpreting this. Yeah, <laughs> they just think it's super fun. I was like, oh, well then, I when I start to feel timid about what you know, what is my place in the world here? Yeah, I tap into. Okay, I've got I've got this stamp of approval from these masters yeah. who are my guides. So I will just go keep listening and playing in the field, and and uh, you know hope to make it right. Oh, wow,
0: <laughs> that is so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, there's so much here, and I feel like there's so much more that we could dive into. But like, I want to know for for people who are wanting to start living a more joyful life and being more empowered to tell their own stories in a way that's very authentic to them. What are, what are your top three, like uh, pieces of wisdom for people who are looking to to do that?
1: Um, do you mean generally wisdom? Like, like, like what could they do for themselves? Mm-hmm. Like do it yourself type of wisdom. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I've, so one thing I think to do is it's just a simple technique where you put your hands on your heart chakra or the center of your chest, which is yeah. your breastbone. And behind your breastbone is also your thymus gland, which, by the way, is your immune, you know, as you know, is a nurse's center of yeah. your immune system. So always a good place to stimulate anyway. And yeah. if you circle your hands over your chest, I'd say nine to 36 times in each direction. And it can be as, you know, it doesn't have to be exact nines. I, I like uh, multiples of three because. Yeah of Qigong and neurology behind Qigong, but, but to, to rub three, you know, a a bunch of times in one direction and then reverse the directions until you start to feel some real heat in your chest. Mm. And then from there, just tune into listening to what is my heart? What's my heart's desire right now? What is it that I most want to express? What is it that how, you know, maybe it's, how do I best want to serve how do I yeah. most want to um, connect with so-and-so who I feel intimidated by? How do I want to um, show up fully present for somebody who's in a hard place and I want to be there for them? That kind of, you know, ask your heart, what do I need to do to be yeah. able to show up in the way I want to, or to express myself? So that would be for the heart. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go for the three realms. Just I love that.
0: it. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you would do
1: that. <laughs> So the, 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 so the other the, the, you know, the, the heart thing might be the final thing or the first thing depending on what what feels like a priority for you. Right. The next thing is if you just tap your fingers on the top of your on the crown of your head, just tap like I think mm-hmm. of it sometimes like I find myself humming raindrops Keep falling on my head. <laughs> you tap your fingers on your head, you'll hear a little tapping and then just take your fingers so that they're going along the top center line of your skull right? Where the bones come together, basically. And you just pull those bones apart a little bit, and then you tap again, and then just drop your hands. And then ask yourself if heaven, if my guidance, my spirit guides, or if God, goddess, higher power, or my greatest wisdom were to speak to me today, what is it that I need to remember? Or what is it that I need to understand or know? Maybe remember, maybe understand or know. Um, So listen for that. And then the final one, I think for the earth realm, I mean, there's so many different things. I'm kind of pulling them almost randomly Mm -hmm. is to just tap. You can actually stomp, just walk around and stomp your feet. Yeah, Uh, This is a great thing to do before you go on stage, by the way, if you're somebody who is a speaker or if you're about to communicate with somebody who intimidates you. is to stomp your feet, not in terms of a temper tantrum, but in terms of just really feeling like you're vibrating the bones, the core, your skeleton of who you are, just vibrate them because that's the core essence of your body, which is the Jing, it's the earth realm. So you want to really uh, just, just to stomp them. And then just to let yourself relax um, either seated or standing to feel a connection between the bottoms of your feet, particularly below the center of the ball of each foot.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And if you
1: think of the ball of your foot, and then you go right below the center of that, that's the kidney one point, or what's called the bubbling wells point. And then listen, what does the earth need, want me to know that I that I need for support or a feeling of empowerment right now? Mm, yeah. So those three practices: tapping the top of your head, stomping your feet, hands on your heart, and then asking those three questions would be my favorite do-it-yourself tips. <laughs> Love it.
0: Yeah, and those are so, like they sound kind of, you know, simple, right? right They're absolutely. big questions to be asking yourself. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to try them on my own <laughs>
1: after that, you can do it. And you know what I love is you can do it in less than five minutes. I mean, part of yeah. what I love to do is practical qigong, which you can do and shift, you know, things very, very quickly. Yeah. Love it.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, anything else that you would like to share that I maybe haven't asked you yet?
1: I'd love to tell a story about you know it really came because um, before we met you had you had sent the question you know what's a story you have about a a client that you've seen a change for or that has happened for a change and I, yeah I hadn't thought about that for a long time but this one came to mind that's actually the stories in my book which is called the way of joy because it's just it's about the potential for changing even the scariest or hardship times. So she was somebody who was had been a student of mine. I used to teach at a university here in California uh, in a holistic studies program. Mm. Uh, she uh, came to a workshop that I was teaching there She said, I came to a workshop with you last year, and I want to let you know about something that happened after studying with you. Would you be interested? I said, of course. Yeah. She said she, she was pregnant at the time that she was talking to me. She was probably about um, seven, seven months pregnant. Very, very big. Uh, She said that she um, had gone with her fiance to the park. Yeah. They were going to Golden Gate Park. Where he was going to propose. This was all they had planned it together. Yeah, uh, he she'd actually picked out the ring that he was going to give her. Uh, but they were going to go to the park. So they were sitting on this park bench. He gets down on one knee. He proposes. She accepts. And then they're sitting together discussing what their the future family is going to be, what their hopes are for this baby that's going to be born, what they what they want their lives to look like. Uh, what their what their careers would look like. They're having one of those real life, you know, deep life conversations that good partners can have with each other. A man walks up to them, who's kind of raggedy, wearing a sign or carrying a cardboard sign, asking for money or something like that. He comes up to them. He says, "Do you have any money?" She looks up at him and she says, "No, I'm sorry. We we don't have any." money right now, we're actually having a really important conversation. We're having a moment. So if you don't mind, we'd like to continue. He said, well, I'm having a moment too. And then he looks down at her belly. He says, are you pregnant? She says, yes. He says, well, I hope your baby dies. Then he walks away. She, Even saying that, I can feel the hair on my skin rising. It's just so intense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She felt sure. like she said she felt like a snake had bit her and that this venom was going inside of her and going in that, that was going to impact her baby. She was terrified. She was absolutely terrified. Yeah. Her fiance was saying, honey, he's just crazy. He, he, he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't have any power to hurt you. You're going to be fine. There's no yeah. problem here, but she still felt like there was this chilling feeling of like, Oh no, something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. She was just at a quandary. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And she said she remembered this practice that I had taught her the year before. Actually, in the Lotus, I talked about this Lotus form yeah. that I teach in the summer. She that that's a, a a part of the form that's called wafting. Lotus wafts. It's yeah. wafting, where you imagine that you're wafting energy across a lake, and there's a movement that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she stood up and she started doing the movement, and her fiance started moving. With her, got up and started wow. moving. So the two of them were imagining they were doing this movement where you basically wave your arms from side to side, and emanating from the heart, emanating love and and joy from the heart. Where this energy, that she started thinking. May this man find the peace and the resources that he needs to not have to be this kind of aggressive and tacky, yeah. and angry, enraged. And may he find, you know, may he, where may he come? To, so she was including him in the prayer. You know, she, we were focusing on, there was another couple there with their little toddler. Yeah. And then there was an old couple sitting on a park, park bench reading. She was, you know, including all of these folks and beings in the trees, you know, animal beings, wow. bird beings in the trees. And she said, and I, you know, she said that the reason that she chose to do that was because she had asked me the year before about boundaries. What's a good way to um, establish boundaries? And I'm not going to get into all about why this is a, a boundary exercise, but it has to do with the way she field I was talking about before. Yeah. Anyway, as, as I said, well, did doing that make a difference? She said, yes, absolutely everything changed. She went into total peace inside. She knew that her baby was fine. That sense of venom was just dissipating and just leaving her body. And she was in a state of real true love uh, and compassion. That to me is, you know, when we get aggressed upon on the street and having experienced that several times when I was a young person, it's, it's, it's very big because it's very easy, especially for women to turn that inward.
0: Yeah. And, I was just going to say, like, it's so easy, like even myself just hearing that story and that didn't happen to me, like I'm internalizing it myself. Like, yeah,
1: right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Me too. I mean, I, I, I can't tell it without feeling it. I it's just yeah. so profound Um, that, that when we, when we can really play work with our energy in very intentional ways, yeah we can pretty much transform our reality right we transform yes. how we are experiencing our reality so which is basically our reality yeah so, <laughs> so um so i wanted just to just leave with that story not as a as a you know particularly partic- that particular practice but really more about that's that that, pos- that that the possibility thinking that i think that that inspires wow.
0: That is a really. I mean, I, I'm also sitting here just like admiring your storytelling skills because that was just such a. You're right. Like I, I felt it as you were talking, um, and I felt like what emotion she would have, um, sh- she felt as as that happened to her, and that that's a really beautiful thing that qigong and just the practice of moving your body and setting intentions and, um, and consciously choosing a different thought pattern, how that can affect the way that you feel and how you move through your life through your day. Um Yeah. Yeah. I love
1: that. And it's embodied. I think that's part of it. Yeah. It doesn't just stay into positive thinking where you're just trying to think different thoughts, which can't may or may not work, or just say affirmations, which may or may not work, but when yeah. you start to land it in the cells of your body, then all of a sudden you Ugh. start to live it in a different way. Yeah.
0: So good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I love, I like to to end my podcast with this question because this is the Aligned and Well podcast. To you, what does it mean to be truly aligned and well?
1: For me, being aligned and well means tapping into the wisdom of the heaven realm, the Mm -hmm. empowerment of the earth realm, and coming back to our true birthright of joy and love in the human realm. And for me, when that those three are operating in sync mm. or we're being able to move from one realm to the other with intention, mm. all is well. Yes. So that's the, how Aligned and Well, that's, you know, for me, you're the title of your podcast is <laughs> What I Want to Live for Myself. So it's um, yes. absolutely an inspired and inspiring um, intention behind it. So oh. that's that's how I see it.
0: Love it. Yes. Well, can you tell us where people can find you, can follow you um, if they want to see what you're up to?
1: Yes. If people, if anybody here who's listening is interested in telling your own story or you're interested in a little bit about how to transform some energy or work with energy. um, I'd be happy to give you a 20 minute conversation. Um, I I, I love connecting with people. This won't be a sales talk. It just be, how can I help serve you? Uh, Go to yourpowerpresence.com and you can set up a time with me. Or if you don't, if you feel shy and you don't want to, you know, that you're not going to jump into a phone call or you're wary about that, which I definitely understand and respect. Mm -hmm. uh, Check me out on Facebook. Uh, look for the group called Ener- "Look for Energy Matters Most" on Facebook, mm. uh, and the name of the group is Energy Matters, uh, and that's a great place to connect because I'm I'm participating in that. I'm interviewing people on that these days, so yeah. it's a, it's a great place to to connect with folks. So that's that's another way, and of course, you can always go to my website, which is vickiedelajoio I think you'll probably put that in the show notes because the spelling is not necessarily obvious.
0: Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Everything will be in the show notes for you, for those of you who want to check all of that out. Um, oh my gosh, Vicki, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me today, to share your story, to just be super vulnerable and real with my audience. I think this is probably one of my favorite interview interviews that I've ever done because <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like every, everything that you say, just hit so deeply and is just so in line with the message that I want my podcast to have. So I really appreciate your time.
1: Oh, it has been a total joy, Sean. Absolute joy. Thank you so much. Oh,
0: wow. Amazing conversation with Vicki. I am so grateful to have had her on the show. She is just such an inspiration. Um, I love her message. She's a beautiful soul. Uh, if you'd like to connect with Vicki, I've put all of her information in the show notes so that you can connect with her and, um, and follow her on social, see what she's up to. Um, if you would like to connect with me or work with me in some way, I do offer a handful of free discovery sessions every month to individuals who are looking to live a more aligned life. Um, I also have a free community on Facebook called Heart Aligned Humans, and we focus on cultivating self-love, holistic wellness support, and just creating a life that's aligned with your heart. So please, please come hang out with us. We'd love to have you. I would absolutely appreciate you and your feedback. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform where you can leave a review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, If this episode resonated with you at all, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, take a screenshot of the episode and definitely share it on social media and tag me at nurse coach Sean. I love seeing whenever you guys are listening and tuning in and hearing what you guys think. Thank you so much, guys. And as always, I'm here to serve and support you in the most powerful way I can. And remember, when all is aligned, all is well. Bye, guys.